This is episode 20 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we conclude our four-part series discussing what makes Christian Travelers set apart by discussing how generosity plays an impact on our travels. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian travelers, so glad that you are here. Today we're talking about generosity. Now, the instinct thought is to think that just giving money away or um, being alert to the needs around us is always a good thing. But is that really the case in every single country and in every single situation? I'm also going to be sharing a couple maybe embarrassing stories about some times where my own heart and my own generosity went wrong in some of my travels. But before we dive in, I want to invite you once again to join our Facebook group, or to follow us on Instagram and join our discussion there where we have a lot of back and forth conversation. But enough of that, you came here to learn about generosity and what that looks like in travel. So being in a Western culture as an American, it's very typical for us to tip waiters or waitresses and Uh, just show our appreciation by tipping them. Um, And that's maybe the most common thought of form of generosity is giving away money. But what about our time or our relationships or a service? If you haven't heard of the five love languages, it's a really good tool. It helps us to understand how our minds work, um, but it also helps us to relate to others when we understand um, what they receive as love. For some of us, it's quality time, but for others, it's words of affirmation or physical touch or receiving gifts or acts of service. Um, when people help you out, like that's a big love language. And those five things all in some way show a form of generosity. But what kind of generosity are we talking about in our travels? To help us get a better picture of that, I'm going to tell some rather embarrassing stories about times when I was traveling and my generosity went completely wrong. The first one that comes to mind was on my trip to China. In China, they bargain, which is such a foreign concept to me. Um, I am used to being in a Western culture where the tags say this is the set price. And... Um, the first time I actually did really well, but that was simply because I didn't realize that further down the road there was this gate and when once I went past the gate, I couldn't come back. Our group was leaving, heading down that road, and so she just, like, she threw out a price and I was like, oh, that's nice, but I don't know, because I was feeling uncomfortable about this whole bargaining situation. So I started to walk away and then she kept dropping the price, dropping the price until it was a really good deal and I got this... Um, I believe it's real silk like dress that I got while I was in China and I got it for a really good deal and then my bargaining was horrible after that because I I would say things like it's a gift for a friend or whatever and in general not everyone is going to jack up the price but a lot of times seeing that I'm a tourist and American the assumption is typically you have money. So the story continues in the fact that we went to this market and our tour guide told us that for the most part, they were 
honest people, that the prices were fair and true. And I noticed this because I bought like this spinning top that sings and lights up for my brother. And when I bought, when I stood in line for it, the person ahead of me was from China and they ended up paying more than I did. And that surprised me. But then we went further down the line and one of my friends was trying to buy something and they went back and forth, back and forth, and, and they made the comment, like, that is less than, less than selling price. Like, that's, that's too low. And you don't know. You don't know if that's honestly true or not, because there are those people out there that are going to want to jack the price up, and, and, you know, they won't tell the truth. Well, our guy, you know, he was like, well, that's all I have. And I don't honestly remember if that's true or not. I want to say it wasn't. Like, maybe he had a little bit more. Um, but he was, you know, trying to be firm in his bargaining. Which, as an American, that's just, I don't know, it doesn't all, it rubs the wrong way a little bit. But what was really the bad thing is that, okay, they ended up agreeing on this price. And in front of the people there... I turned to my friend and like go to give him a high five because he did a good job bargaining. He he stuck to what he wanted and he was certain and whatever and he didn't get ripped off. But he he didn't give me the high five back. He he turned me down. And I felt like such an American tourist and I felt so bad in front of those people like I would I made him look like a, a bad person like he would like he was intentionally trying to rip them off and it wasn't thought out reaction at all. Maybe it could have been a moment of discussion later on, like, good job, you you stood firm to what you were trying to bargain for, or, you know, those kinds of things. But it just, it didn't look right, and it, it wasn't right. And those moments happen, um, especially when it's something that's outside of our culture. It's outside of what we're used to, and we do things that are going to insult another culture and we need to be aware of them. We need to be thinking about those things ahead of time. And what kind of image are we portraying? And if in any way you have the opportunity to show Christ in a situation, then you need to be thinking ahead of time. What I did right there, that was not that was not showing God's love in a manner that respected their business, that respected them at all. And Maybe my friend drove too hard of a price. Maybe it's okay for us to be generous once in a while and pay a little bit more knowing that, you know, they jacked up the price, but it's okay. Maybe I was able to financially help this person. Now, on the other end of things, I went on a mission trip to Ghana, Africa. And there were a lot of situations that come to mind, but one of them was when we went to church to worship. And we put offering in the offering tray. And as American, I definitely could have put a lot in that tray. But our mission tour guide told us not to, to just put the smallest coins we got in there pretty much. Not the smallest, but, you know, keep it very minimal. And he explained that the reason was a church will count its offerings and its blessings and those things. And if it looks like, you know, at the end of the year, oh my goodness, we have this many donations, we could we could add on, we could do this new mission trip, we could do this new thing for our community. 
and they expect that same amount of money to be there next year, but another group doesn't come in and give that same amount, then suddenly they're in this situation of poverty and struggle and essentially we set them up to fail because we gave them more than they needed. And so in that situation, he suggested, you know, you have this money. Yes, it's good to give a tithe. Yes, it's good to give an offering, but maybe not here. Maybe that money needs to go to a charity organization that can help them or or something else of that nature. And so generosity hurts. Um, there's a book called When Helping Hurts, and it's by Steve Corbett and Brian Fickert. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But the whole principle is talking about alleviating poverty without hurting the poor. There's this story that I once heard about this group of people came in to a community that was struggling in Africa and they didn't really talk to the people. They just kind of, oh my goodness, like there's this massive area of land where they could be farming and harvesting and all these resources and we're going to teach them how to do that. And so they came in that first year and they had this amazing crop that grew and grew and grew and grew. And then about harvest time came around and suddenly it was all trampled. I think a bunch of hippos, It I don't know if hippos migrate or what, but around this time of the year, they came and they trampled the field and they ate and had their full. And there was a reason that the community didn't plant their field there. But we didn't, like the people who went in, they didn't stop and ask the locals for knowledge. They just came in and set up their own systems and set up their own methods and they never talked with the locals. And so there's this line of when coming in with your own agenda actually hurts a community more than it helps it. And there's this line where it's better to empower them to take care of their own community and empower them with the tools to do the agriculture and not tell them all the answers, but to learn from them and work with them. It's better to go in and help women to sew outfits rather than for, um, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times like thrift stores when they like have an overstock of just donations, they'll send them in shiploads to other countries that are in poverty. And you think, you think this would be an amazing thing because now there's all these shirts that the, and clothing for these people. But the problem is, if you think back, um, being an American, let's go back to the, like, Industrial Revolution and, like, even before that, all these people had these jobs of sewing outfits and making things and they had to go through those steps to get to a technological savvy country to become developed. And if we're just pouring in all this clothing for them, then there's no one, no need for people to be making clothing and for them to be doing these jobs. And so they just kind of end up in this spiral effect. So these are all interesting stories, but how does this apply to us as travelers? How does this apply to the fact that Christian travelers are called to be set apart. Well, I have a few different points, and you might disagree with me, or you may agree, or you may even have some additional thoughts, and I would love to hear them. 
You can always email me. My contact information is on my website. But the first thought is do your research ahead of time. Find out what community you're going into and what is considered generous and not generous. For instance, there are a number of Asian countries where if you tip someone at a meal, it's considered an insult. Typically because in their community, the whole restaurant is considered a team, no one greater than the other really, and if you're tipping someone, you're complimenting that one person and not everyone else, and you're singling them out from their team. And the, what would be a better compliment would be to go tell other people about the restaurant, to encourage others to come there, to come back a second time, to invest in, a, in that sort of sense versus tipping them. But at the same time, let's take in the vice versa. If it is okay to tip, then it's okay to be generous and to acknowledge somehow in the way that you give it to them. Say, God has blessed me with many gifts and I want to pass this on to you. Do something of that nature that glorifies God in what you're doing or saying. And I suppose if you're being generous to someone in a way that doesn't involve tipping, you could possibly be like, God has really bless this place or I was really impressed by this and I know God is working here in some way and I want others to come see or experience or eat or whatever um, here and in some way bring him into the conversation. So those are some ideas. If you experience um, run into someone homeless um, or a little kid um, who could be from an orphanage begging for money or food or scraps, first do your research before you go. But secondly, if you have a trusted local or tour guide or someone who's more familiar with that, I would make sure to ask them what their suggestion is. Because in many cases, you tip one child or you give them some generous donation and suddenly there's lots of kids and they all want your money and they're all pestering you or whatever. And it's just, it's one of those fine lines where helping hurts, um, but helping matters. And so being aware of what is customary and safe is always the most important thing. Some communities, you'll see a lot of people selling things on the streets or they'll like literally come up to you because you're a tourist. In Ghana, when we first showed up, our missionary guide said, whatever you do, don't let them take your bags. But it was very overwhelming and I totally accidentally did because, it, you know, when... Let me backtrack for a second. So I landed and then we were going to go out and get into our van. And there were people standing around out there that were like, can I call you a taxi? Can I carry your bag for you? They were just right there in your face in the moment. And so then they're like grabbing our stuff and they aren't running away with it. They're taking it to our car for us, which is a very kind, gentlemanly thing to do. But what they really wanted was, okay, I carried it up this curb. Now give me money. You know, they were trying to find ways to get money. It, it was uncomfortable. And then there was this other time where this guy, like, literally started washing our windows while we were driving down the road. It was such slow traffic that while we were stopped, 
he got up and squeegeed our windows on our van. And I was so in shock that I, like, took a picture of it while the while our missionary guide was like, don't make eye contact, blah, blah, blah. and I took a picture, and what did he do? Well, we weren't going to pay him to wash our windows. He got that message when we started wiping the blades and saying, no, 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 you know. Um, but then he wanted money for the picture. And it was just... In many ways, you don't know their situation. You don't know you don't know how they're doing and you don't know all these things. But we need to be aware and cautious, but we also need to be generous and reflect God's love. And it's a line, a line that I wrestle with anytime I travel. And you can't just tip people because you think they're good. And you can't just give money to people because they're in your face. Um, you got to respect the business in the world that they're in and try to do what you think would be best for them and not just for yourself, if that makes any sense. Which is why I want us to turn to the scriptures. So go ahead and turn to Leviticus 25 and Matthew 25. We're going to jump between the two a little bit to discuss what it means to be generous to our brothers. Truthfully, in the Old Testament Leviticus, I'm not sure if brothers means like your biological family, you know, or whatever is considered family, or if it just means your brothers and sisters in Christ, which is... But I know that in the New Testament reading, brothers refers to brothers and sisters in Christ. And for those of you that use a translation that says brothers and sisters or really like changes the meaning um, so it doesn't, it isn't that gender specific, like a lot of translations primarily use the male as the primary focus. Like it uses brothers or men to refer to all of mankind. The reason that the scriptures do it that way is because in the Old Testament, there was something very powerful about passing on the inheritance from father to son to son. And it, it went to the rest of the family, but that is how the title and the possessions and the blessings got passed down was father to son, father to son, father to son. And in scripture, it says that those blessings are being passed down from father to humanity, all who believe in Christ Jesus because of Christ's death and resurrection. And that's a very big promise. Um, and that's lost when you don't use that, that masculine reference. So that's kind of why they do that that way. And that's why when I read my translation here, it, it uses the word brothers, but it does apply to all of mankind. So we're going to go over to Leviticus 25. And we're going to uh, skim through verses 35 through 46. I encourage you to read the whole thing, but let's start at verse 35. If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall support him as though he were a stranger and a sojourner, and he shall live with you. A sojourner would be like a foreigner in your lands. Take no interest from him or profit, but fear your God that your brother may live beside you. You shall not lend him your money at interest, nor give him your food for profit. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. 
If your brother becomes poor beside you and sells himself to you, you shall not make him serve as a slave. He shall be with you as a hired worker and a sojourner. He shall serve with you until the year of Jubilee. So year of Jubilee, it was an interesting system. Um, Every seven years, basically, uh, there would be a year of Jubilee. And in that seventh year, if anyone had a debt, it was just canceled. If um, you were taking care of your lands, every seven years you would rotate kind of your crops so that that year that field didn't have anything growing. It would just kind of go back to the wilderness and it would have a chance to kind of be restored. So the year of Jubilee, it's those debts are paid, you're free now, everything is forgiven and freed. So he'll serve you unto the year of Jubilee until that seventh year, and then he's free. Then he shall go out from you, he and his children with him, and go back to his own clan and return to the possessions of his fathers. For they are my servants who I brought out of the Egypt. They shall not be sold as slaves. And you shall not rule over them ruthlessly. Basically, this whole passage goes on to basically say, respect those around you. And if they're indebted or have a situation where they come to you and in this time it it wasn't uncommon to have slaves and people that weren't your own family living and residing with you that were serving under you etc you were to treat them with respect and you weren't to harass them or work them into the ground but to work alongside them and to show Christ's love to them and how you treated them. Okay, so that's one way of saying when we're with others, we need to be respectful of where they come from, respectful of their situations, and not look down upon them for getting in our faces for wanting money or for bargaining with us or for doing things that are outside of our norms because we don't know their situation, we don't know where they're coming from, and we get the chance to show them love and show them respect um, and to treat them as equals. Um, but do so in a way that upholds God and upholds who, as Christians, we are. And others that we travel with, if they're not Christians or if they're not attentive to this, it's not uncommon for them to totally be in that judgmental mode. And it's our opportunity to to explain to them, let's look at this situation a little differently. Let's look at what God would want from us. So we're going to jump over to Matthew 25. And a lot of us have heard this passage before. It's that final judgment day when Christ um, appears and everyone is raised from the dead and on the right are all those that will go to heaven and on the left are all those that will go to hell. I would read verses 31 through 46 to get the whole picture, but I'm going to start in verse 34. It reads, then the king will say to those on his right, come, You who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There's that inheritance piece that I was talking about earlier that's being passed down to all of us. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and I gave you drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? 
And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to the one of the least of these my brothers, you did it for me. Goosebumps. Any time that we are generous and caring towards others, we are being generous and caring towards God because God created each and every single person on this planet. They are his masterpieces and he loves them with all the love on the earth just like he loves you with all of the love on the earth and every time that we show them love we are showing God love and I feel like it's important to reiterate once again that we are not saved by works we are not saved because when we travel we show our generosity we are saved by faith in Christ alone But because of that faith, because of that amazing gift that we have, we have an opportunity to show generosity, to show Christ to others. And that is why we do those good works. That is why we show love to others. So maybe I just muddied the waters and maybe me telling you these things about generosity are super duper obvious. Or maybe I just made it a lot more unclear because do I be generous to this person or not? Honestly, I think the best answer is if God puts it on your heart to be attentive to the needs of someone around you, and there's even a slight twinge of guilt for walking away, then that's God saying to you that I care about this person and you have the opportunity and I would like you right now to go show my love to them. And maybe that isn't pouring a plethora of money on them. Maybe that's just giving a listening ear. Maybe that's giving them your jacket that you don't necessarily need to survive. Maybe that's just being present with that person. Or maybe it is giving them a little money to go buy a meal. Or maybe going with them and buying a meal for them directly. I don't really know what it is in every single situation. But as Christian travelers, this is something that we need to be conscious of and wrestling with. And I hope that as you go about your travels, that this comes to mind the next time you encounter a situation where you can show Christ in a generous way. Well, that's all that I have today. I want to remind you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform for the Christian Travelers Network. We want to be an awesome resource for you and for others, and that means we want your feedback because your feedback matters, and it shows us what you like and what we can improve. And it also gives us an opportunity to acknowledge you on our podcast, which is such an awesome opportunity. We love getting to know you and building those connections because we are the Christian Travelers Network, not just so that you have a network in your ear, but a network of people loved by God traveling the planet to share God with others. So thanks for leaving a review and Thanks for joining our discussion on Facebook and Instagram. And for more awesome tools and resources, including five ways to keep Christ at the center of your travels, please visit our website, www.christiantravelers.net. Until next time, safe travels and God bless.